Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Unlocking the heavens using the key of prayer. James chapter 5. You have your Bible, you can open or you can read along with me. James chapter 5, reading from verse number 13, the Bible says, Anyone among you suffering, say, let him pray. Bible already gives you a solution. Say, anyone suffering, say, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil and in, in the name of our Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he had committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespass one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now verse number 17. The Bible says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And in verse number 18 the Bible says and he prayed again. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced fruit. In other words, Elijah was just talking about, I want to close the heaven today. And they closed it. Three and a half years later, I came back. Okay, I think the heaven is closed enough. Let's open it. And he opened it. Can you imagine that kind of power? Can you imagine that kind of power? When you can walk into a city and say, unless by my word, which is what he told Ahab. He said, unless I declare it, this heaven is closed for the next three years. And that was it. How do you get to that particular level? But before we end, before we begin to talk about those ones, I want you to look at this verse of the scripture that we've seen. And one of the first things you will see there is that there is a command for us to pray. Bible says, is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. Who tells us that whatever condition that you are going through right now, whatever situation that you are experiencing right now, prayer can solve that problem. Is any one of you suffering? Say, let him pray. That's the command to prayer. Then the next thing you see is that there's an encouragement to seek prayer. In case you are tired. Not able to pray on your own. The Bible says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Which means that you can ask somebody else to pray for you. You can seek the, the prayer covering of other people. You can seek the prayer covering of the church. You can ask them to pray for you when you are tired and when you are weak and when you are going through difficulty. Not only that, the Bible says there is an assurance of prayer in those verses of scriptures that we read. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. So it's not just that we are commanded to pray. It's not that we're just that we are encouraged to call for prayer. But at the same time, we have an assurance that when we pray, God will hear. Number four, there is a, there's a condition for those kind of prayers. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And now look at the next verse. It said, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man. Which means that you cannot continue to live in sin and expect that your prayer will be answered. It's not going to happen. If you're leaving one leg in and one leg out and you think that God will, it is not going to happen. The Bible says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It is more effective. It produces the result. That's what the Bible is saying. 
And then eventually, to be able to encourage us to pray, the Bible now says that he gives us an e- a example of effective prayer. The Bible says Elijah was a man, only, a man with a nature like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And his prayer produced that result because he did not rain. So we see number one, one, the command for prayer. Number two, the encouragement to seek, the, to seek prayers from others. The third thing is the assurance that what prayer can do. Number four is the condition of that particular prayer. You have to be holy. You have to be righteous. And finally, God gave you an example to be able to motivate you to pray that normal human beings pray and they see results. Say, Elijah was a man like you, like me. Now, these are the basic things that you see in that verse of the scripture, but that's not where we're going today. I want you to, I want to focus your attention on the last two verses of that particular passage of scripture that we read. If you look at verse number seven, the Bible says that Elijah was a man with a nature like you and like me. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three, for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heavens opened and the earth produced this fruit. Two things I want you to look at. In these two verses, I want you to see number one. The first thing I want you to see is that number one, Elijah is like you. Elijah is like me. There's nothing special about this guy. He was not some super Christian. Okay? He was not this kind of a person that had this extra edge. The Bible says Elijah was a man like us. He didn't have any secret formula. He was just like you and me. And the next thing you see in that verse of the scripture is that the Bible said that because he was like you, because he was like me, he prayed. He prayed. He talked to the Almighty God. And the third thing you see is that is the result of Elijah's prayer. Elijah was a man like you. Elijah prayed like you, but Elijah got a result that you don't get. The Bible is basically saying Elijah is pretty much like you. He had the same as he had the same weakness. He has the same uh, the same challenges as a human being. But the result of the prayers of Elijah was different. And the only difference between you and Elijah is the result that Elijah's prayer got. Elijah's prayer was able to close the heavens. Elijah's prayer was able to open the heavens. That was the difference. Elijah's prayer was not only able to open and close the heavens. Elijah's prayer was able to change and turn the hand of the Almighty God. The question is, how is it that Elijah's prayer was able to open the heaven and close the heaven? And your prayer and my prayer cannot do anything. What is the difference? Why is it that his prayer is able to move the hand of God and my prayer is not able to do anything? What does Elijah know that I don't know? What is Elijah doing on the prayer altar that I am not doing? What is the secret that he has access to that I don't have access to? Why is he able to open the heavens and I'm not even able to crack this ceiling? Why? The Bible tells us Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it did not rain and it did not rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again and the heavens were opened. To understand why Elijah's prayer was able to open and close the heavens, you must first of all understand the principles of prayer. Everything in life operates by principle. There is a principle upon which your car operates. You get into the car. You sit down there. And you gradually press on the gas. Because if you put too much pressure on that particular pedal, what happens? The car will go to the place that you don't want it to go. Okay? If you are driving the car, the principle requires that you focus with your hands on the wheel. If you are pressing the car, the car is going forward and you are busy having a conversation, the car will go to a place you don't want it to go. You understand? There are principles of driving. That is why many of us obey that principle. That's why you are here today. 
That's why you got here safely. If you did not obey that principle, God knows where we have been. And that would not be our portion in Jesus' name. But for us to understand how, how Elijah was able to open the heavens, you must understand the principles behind the prayers that opens the heavens. I know that a lot of people, know, a lot of us here know how to pray. Many of us have heard sermons on prayer. Many of us have prayed for other people. Many of us have seen results in our prayer. God has been instructing us on how to do things. I am not trying to teach you and give a lesson on how to pray. Because I know everybody here knows one or two things about prayer. But what I want to do is to lay out some principles for you that will help you to be able to open the heavens over your life and get the results that you want. These are not shortcuts. I'm just telling you, these are the things that you can do. These are the kind of prayer that you can pray that will open the heavens for you. And anybody can do it. But the question is, you know, everybody knows that, yes, you can, prayer is communication with the Almighty God. We all know that. But we all know that the simple principle of communication requires that there are effective communication and ineffective communication. You know that. Anybody can pray. The question is, how many people are praying effective prayer? Is your prayer effective? How can we pray so that our heaven will be open? How can we pray effectively so that we can get the desired result in our lives? And my brothers and sisters, to pray the prayers that will effectively open your heaven, you must understand what I call levels of prayer. There are levels of prayer. And to pray the levels of prayer, you must understand what the levels of prayer are. So when I'm talking about the different levels of prayer, what am I talking about? I'm talking about, number one, the prayer, the depth of your prayer. How deep is are you praying? Or are you just praying superficial prayer? Oh God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. There's nothing wrong with God, bless me, bless me. But there are some things that you are not going to get with God, bless me, bless me. I can assure you that. Okay? So what are the levels? What is the depth of your prayer? What is the depth of it? What is the intensity of your prayer? Are you praying and you say, God, I want this. And you are treating God and you are walking up and down. Yeah, God, God bless me. God bless me. I claim it by faith. I claim it by faith. You can claim it from now till kingdom come. Some prayers will not get answered by saying, I claim it by faith. Some things will not happen. So when I talk about the levels of prayer, I'm talking about the intensity of prayer. I'm talking about the passion with which you come into the prayer altar. Is this thing heavy upon your heart to the point that you are willing to do what you need to do? Is it, are you, are you hungry enough to be able to say, hey Lord, ah, this one I must get and move. Whether you like it or not, you are going to do this thing for me. And you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. Some people say, well, what did happen now? What did God do for you like this? But you still pray because you have a passion. There is a level you get to in your desire for the results in your life that you begin to pray at a different level. It's not the level of twinging God. It's not a level of prayer and you are looking at up and down, seeing what he's looking at. It's not a prayer where you are praying and you are caring about the people, what their people are saying about you. When you are praying at that point in time, you don't even care what somebody's listening. You don't care whether somebody's next to you because you are tearing your heart in the presence of the Almighty God. That is what I mean by levels of prayer. Okay? There is a difference between a man who casually goes and asks for favor and says, oh boy, give me something now. And then there's another difference, there's another level that the person goes, oh boy, you go give me this thing, you know. Whether you like it or not, you are going to get, there's a two different level. Okay? And when Jesus was praying to emphasize the levels of prayer that we're talking about, when Jesus was praying in Luke 22, reading from verse number 44, the Bible said, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 
There is a prayer that you pray and the blood, the sweat that comes out of your body begins to look like blood. Jesus prayed that kind of a prayer. That tells you the kind of agony. There's a prayer that you pray and before you know what's happening, you are sobbing and you are crying. That tells you something is really deep inside you. It's not the level that you pray in church. Yeah, God help me. God help me. I don't, you, are, you, are, you are being very diplomatic with God. You don't even want to hear the next person next to you. You hear what you are saying. It's just like you said, God says, God will help you. God is a very faithful God. He hears another prayer. But some of those ones will not, will not do anything. The Bible says he prayed earnestly that the sweat that came out of his body were like drops of blood dropping out of his body. And now compare that prayer to what his disciples were doing in verse number 44 of the same Luke chapter 22. The Bible said that and when he arose from prayer, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. They were praying, oh Lord Jesus help me. In Jesus name we pray. You know how you pray that kind of prayer now. You want to do morning prayer and say, Jesus, bless me today as I'm going out. And you are repeating the same. I mean, we all pray that. We all pray that prayer. You don't even know what you are saying. You are sleeping one way, you are coming back in and out. You want to do night vision, you are going back and forth like that. That is what the disciples were doing. But that kind of prayer will not do anything for you. Honestly, God will have mercy. May answer your prayer, but that prayer doesn't carry anything. Okay? So my brothers and sisters, there are prayers and there are prayers. So to pray prayers that will open the heavens over your life, you must be willing to pray at a much more different level, at a level that is higher than where you are right now. So the question is, what are the different levels of prayer? I will go through that and then we'll, we'll, be, we'll, we'll take some time to pray. What are the different levels of prayer? Number one level, the first level of prayer that every one of us is involved in is what I refer to as the level of asking. It's the asking prayer. Lord bless me. Lord, provide this for me. Anytime we come, is bless me, bless me, bless me. And that's what you see in the book of Luke chapter 15. The Bible said that the prodigal son, he said, my father, give unto me the things that pertain unto me. That's the give me, give me kind of prayer. It's an asking prayer. Okay? This is the level. This is the level of petition. It is the level where many of us find ourselves. And for you to get certain things in life, all you have to do is just ask the Lord. And the Lord will give it to you. But I tell you, there are some deeper things you will not get just by asking. There are some things you will never, that you will never have access to just because you say, I'm asking the Lord, I've prayed and I've prayed my level of asking. If you don't, if, you know, if you have to go to a different level to be able to get the results. And the second level of prayer is what is called the seeking prayer. The seeking prayer. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. There is a difference between asking and seeking. Okay. When you are seeking something, there's a level of urgency that is added to it. You are looking for something. Okay, unless you are willing to look for something, you may not get the answer. Seeking is the level where you are looking and you are searching for the things that God has promised you. What has the Lord spoken concerning my life? You start looking for it. It is the level of discovery. You will never ask for what you do not know you can possess. You will never ask for it. At the place of your work, if you don't know that you can be promoted, you will never ask for promotion. If you don't know that you can get an increase, you never ask for it. So seeking is the next level. The third level, and it goes beyond, it goes beyond asking. Beyond seeking is the third level, which is the, the level of knocking. Okay? The level of knocking. This is the level where you begin to confront. You know that your blessing belongs to you. You know that your blessing is at the back of something. And then in order for you to get access to you, you have to knock the door and ask them to open for you. You know that something that God has promised you belongs to you. It's supposed to come to you. But it's standing, something is standing in his way. And you have to be able to open that door. Knock that door. You know the only way to get what God belongs to you is to knock and to pound that particular door. 
It's just like when somebody's pursuing you and you get to your house. When you get there, you say, um, and then you wait. And somebody's pursuing you. don't do that. When you get to your house and somebody's being pursuing what do you do? Even the person that is sleeping will open that door. There is a difference between asking, seeking, and knocking. When you are knocking, you are desperate. You are pounding the door that anybody who's asleep must wake up. That is the level. And from that level, you move to the level of fasting prayer. When you have, when you have asked, and you have sought, and you have not, and the answers are not coming, then you back it up with prayer. The Bible tells in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, it said, then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. In other words, there is a level that knocking will not open. There is a level of prayer that uh, there is. A, there are some prayers that only knocking will not give unto you the answer. You have to fast on top of it. Okay, and the way you are fasting, you are denying yourself. You are demonstrating to the Almighty God that you really want what you want, and you are not going to let your body deny you of the answer. That's what fasting does for you. It sensitizes your spirit. It shows that you are willing to give up a measure of comfort just to be able to get what you want. You are willing to be able to put yourself under to be able to get the result that you want. And if that will not open the windows of heaven, you move to the last level of prayer, which is the level of vowing your vow. You vow a vow. You tell the Almighty God, it's like you are negotiating with the Lord. It's like I say, this is a level where you voluntarily present an offering before the Lord. And you say, Lord, this is what I have to offer. If you do X, Y, Z for me, I will do X, Y, Z for you. My brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not, let's stop for a second and consider this. If I come into your house, I say, my sister, I came to visit. And we talk and we talk. Because as pastor, you will probably say, yeah, you welcome me. Hey, every welcome pastor and everything. You put something on the table. But assuming I came to your table and I brought an offering, I brought a basket of grocery. I brought a basket of goodies. Or I put something, I brought gift for you. As soon as I come in, I present it at your table. Your reception will be different. You will be different. Your smile will be different. The prayer you will pray for pastor that day will be different. Okay? If you show up, if you show up at church at 9 o'clock that evening before, you will show up at 8.30. Because pastor came. It's not because of the gift. It's not because you can't afford the gift. It's not because you want the gift. It's not because you have never seen what has been given to you before. But we are saying that this person thought about me. This person considered me to be important. This person put me on a different level. That's why they came. They could have come. They don't have to do it. But they came and they brought something. It changes the dynamics of that relationship. So when you go to the presence of the Almighty God. And you say, Lord, I know you don't need this thing. I know this thing doesn't make any difference to you. But Lord, I am saying that I'm coming to you with this particular offering. Here is this thing, oh God, to show you that I want what I want from you. Here is my offering. Do something for me. The Bible says the Lord God Almighty listens to it. It looks at that prayer differently. It looks at that relationship differently. Not because God is going to take your money. God doesn't spend dollar. But the idea is that God is not using your money. He doesn't need your money. He just wants to see, do you think I'm important enough? That you are able to present something to me. When you look at the, we come from an environment where there are kings. When you go to the front of a king and you present something to that king, the king gives you favor. Not because the king wants anything. The king owes everything. But not because he wants it, he just gives. Can you imagine for those of us who are already having children? 
And if your child starts working and your child says, Oh God, dad, I went to out, I you know, I just got my salary, and this is a tie that I bought for you, or this is a cufflinks that I bought for you, or this is a suit that I bought for you, or mom, this is a scarf that I bought for you. It's not because you don't have a car scarf, it's not because you don't have an handkerchief. No, it's because you look at your son and you are happy. So this is what this boy, this girl did for me. It changes everything. It changes the way you look at it. That is the same thing. That is a level of prayer that is different. A lot of people think that when the church asks you to vow or they ask you to sow a seed, it's because the pastor wants something. Good for you. There are pastors who want it. But the idea is that it opens the gate of heaven for you. It opens the blessings for you. Our people used to say that when you pour water on front, you'll be able to step on wet land. When you are able to vow in the presence of your mighty God, it does a lot of different. It shows that you are willing to give up something, to sacrifice, to pay a price for what you want. If the heavens do not open after you vow a vow, you go to the level of weeping. You weep your prayer before the almighty God. The Bible tells us about the story of Anna. Anna for years was looking for a child. And if you look at the story of Anna from the book of First uh, Samuel chapter 1, you will see all these levels in there, in that verse of the scripture. The Bible says Anna was so desperate for the child. Anna was so hungry for answer to prayer. The Bible said that he not only asked, he sought the Lord, he, he made a vow, and then he wept upon that vow. Bible says in verse number 10, and she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. When you weep before the Almighty God, you are saying, Lord, I am abandoning myself in your presence. When you weep before the Almighty God, you say that this is an example, an expression of a wounded soul. The weeping tells you that I no longer have words to say. I am pouring out my heart before you, Almighty God. And for those of us who are married, when your wife starts crying, you know that that matter is finished. It's finished. There's nothing you will say again. If you don't want to write that check, you will write it. When he starts to cry, ah, and the women that know how to do this thing, they know how to turn that thing off, but that's a story for another day. But when you weep in the presence of the Almighty God, opens the floodgate of heaven unto you. It tells the Lord God Almighty that you don't have any other place to go. This is where I am. I don't have any more words to express what I'm feeling right now. I am pain. There's anguish in my spirit. Unless you help me, Lord, I am done. That is what you are saying when you get to that prayer. And you don't manufacture that kind of weeping. It's not manufactured. It's something that comes deep from within your soul. That you have spoken to the Lord and you say, Lord, unless you do this thing, unless you do this thing, who else can I turn to? Who else can I go to? They're about to foreclose on my house. My car is about to be abandoned. I no longer have a job. Winter is coming. The house is going to be cold. I cannot pay for electricity. Oh Lord, unless you step into this situation, I am done. That is what you are telling the Lord. And by the time you weep in the presence of the Almighty God, it takes, it takes your prayer to a different level. It's not just asking anymore. It's not just asking. Can you imagine you go to somebody that you you say you say Lord or God pastor or God leader or whatever you are calling that person you say Lord I need your help and that person says, no 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 I don't have time I have other things and that person immediately the woman breaks down in your presence or you see a grown up man break down in your presence and start crying you will reconsider immediately you will reconsider even if you cannot give them everything you will do something. Even if you don't have the money, you will help them find where they are going to get the money. When a grown-up adult begin to break down in your presence and start to cry, you know that that thing touches their soul. That is what we're talking about. The Bible said that we do not have a God that does not have that does not is not touched by the feeling of our infirmity. In other words, He knows what we are going through. 
All you have to do is to be open before him. And when that does not do the trick, you go to the area of wrestling. You go to the area of wrestling. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse number 12, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of wickedness and high of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, there are powers that do not want you to get what God has given unto you. There are promises that God has made available to you. There are people who don't want you to get it. There are powers who don't want you to get it. And if you sit down there and say, devil, leave me alone, no, the guy will eat your lunch and even clean your, you know, and shake his hand for you like this. There are people who are ready to take what belongs to you unless you are ready to fight for it. And that is where you come to the area of wrestling. Because you know that you are not sinning. You know that you have asked. You know that you have searched. You know that you have prayed. You know that you have knocked the door. You know that you have put a vow on the table. You know that you have whipped before the Almighty God. And that door is still not opening. You know that an enemy is involved. There is something else going on because God is not that wicked. The Bible says that if we who are who are human, if we who are sinful, know how to give good gifts to our children, He said, "How much more God?" So God is not a wicked God. So when you are not seeing the answers to your prayer, something else is going on, and that is when you get to the level of wrestling. And the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, some of the answers to our prayer is not because we are not praying. It's not because God is not doing it. But there are times when the enemy stands in the way. If you read the book of Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel started to pray. The very first day Daniel started to pray, the heavens were open. The answers started coming on. But the idea was that there was a prince of Persia that was standing in the way that would not allow the prayer to come. Daniel had to keep on wrestling for 21 days before the answers came. There's a time you need to fight. So when you see people praying as if they are crazy, it's not because they are crazy. It's because they understand spiritual warfare. This is the level where you say, like Jacob, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is when you wrestle. And when wrestling does not produce the result, you go into what is called prophetic prayers. You go into what is called prophetic prayer. And this is a very, very tricky one. A lot of people do it, but they don't understand what they are doing. Prophetic prayer involves prophetic actions. It involved prophetic declaration. It involved prophetic prayer walks. It involved prophetic battle seats. These are the kind of things that you do. There are times when we ask you to pray. We say, stretch forth your hand or turn or, or take up your Bible and raise it to the north and begin to say, you not release my increase. There are times when we say, speak to the earth. Oh, earth, yield your increase unto me. Those are prophetic declaration, prophetic action. You don't say those things because you feel like saying them. You say them when you have listened to the direction of the Holy Spirit. When you begin to pray prophetic action, you are telling the Holy Spirit, you are partnering with the Holy Spirit to give you instruction on what you need to do concerning your area. These are the kind of prayer that Moses prayed. When he got into Egypt, the Bible said that he said, the Lord will say, go and show yourself to Moses. Uh, stretch forth your rod and say that from this very moment, the Nile will turn, will turn to blood. And that was what happened. Those are prophetic, uh, those are prophetic action, prophetic declaration. The same thing was what Joshua was doing. The Bible says that when he was about to fight Jericho, the Lord said, you are not going to fight this battle. Just walk around the city. Any sane man knows that walking around the city will not fight the battle for you. But that was the prophetic declaration. That was the prophetic action. That was a prophetic prayer walk. The Lord God Almighty told him to walk around. And by the power of his spirit, he said, when you are done walking, on the seventh day, just shout hallelujah. And that was it. And the whole thing came crumbling. That is what is called prophetic prayer. There are times when we walk into a particular area and we just go and we say, Lord, we anoint this place and we take it for you. That is prophetic action. 
If you read the book of 1 Kings chapter 3, the Bible tells us there that what is called prophetic seed, prophetic battle seed, when you are fighting a very difficult enemy, you are fighting a very difficult battle. You are praying about a particular issue and you are not getting results and you want to see action happen. You can sow a prophetic battle seed and say, Lord, I want you to fight this battle for me. That's what this king did. The Bible says Israel was fighting over against this king and this particular king was losing the battle and he took the son and sacrificed it upon the altar and all of a sudden the battle changed. That is what prophetic action is. You have to pray prophetic prayer at one point in time. When the Lord will tell you, I want you to go and sow into the particular person. Or I want you to wake up at night and walk around those, around, walk around the particular building. I want you to take a stand and sow, you know, and sow into the particular land. That is prophetic prayer. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit to do that. You don't just pray that one anyhow. I see people who say, I prophesy to your life that God will bless you. <laughs> when you say, I bless you in the name of Almighty God and you have not prayed, nothing will happen. You have to have eaten. You have to have eaten. You have to have prayed yourself up for you to make those prophetic prayers and make those prophetic declarations. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.